Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Next three days, we're going to rock and roll, and we got a lot of good stuff. Um, one thing that's really exciting, look, everyone's kind of just beat down and kind of over, you know, COVID and mm-hmm. school closings and all that, right? But the exciting thing that's going on is apparently this vaccine is for real. Right, yeah. two of them two that are coming them, out, not more, and they're you know there's you know they're getting shipped as we speak, right? They're getting out there, starting to get out there in the public. Um, and one I, I read today was particularly interesting, the Moderna one, uh, and this is in a thirty thousand person trial. Um, uh, only eleven people who received two doses of the vaccine developed COVID nineteen symptoms after being infected with the pandemic coronavirus versus 185 symptomatic cases in the placebo. So that's 94.1% effective. The other part um, is basically, uh, long story short, no one has gotten like a severe case. No one who has taken these trial vaccines have gotten a Mm -hmm. severe case where they're really, really ill. So that is a good thing. Uh, But here locally, uh, we have someone who was a part of the, the research that was done uh, for the Moderna vaccine, and that is uh, the one and only uh, Dr. Carl Fichtenbaum. He's the infectious disease expert with UC. Dr. Fichtenbaum, how are you? I'm terrific. Thanks for having me on the show, Rocky. Very good. So let's start off this, Doc, without getting too much in the weeds. Why is this vaccine different? I'm hearing a lot about mRNA, and it's you know it's safer to do it this way, but you're manipulating genes versus infecting yourself with a dead virus. Describe why this virus, why this vaccine is unique. Yeah, I think it's unique because number one, we're targeting the part of this virus that we thought was really important for developing immunity, and we were right. And so we are attacking the spike protein. We give people a genetic code that is injected into the muscle, and it uses our cells locally, and that genetic code produces that protein, and then our body develops an immune response to that, which protects us from COVID-19. And the good news is, is that mRNA genetic code gets eaten up by the body and doesn't hang around for a while. So it's kind of program termination. So it's a very cool way of delivering a protein to the body. And we can make this in very large quantities very quickly through manufacturing better than we can make other vaccines. And it represents a, in my mind, a transformation of vaccine technology that can be used to build other safer mm. vaccines to prevent other diseases. So, Doctor, I know anytime you start saying genetic code, people start getting a little weirded out. Is So let's talk about any potential uh, uh, long-term effects from this. Is this sure. You said that it yeah. gets eaten up. Does that mean that there are no long-term effects, or do we know? Yeah, so obviously we want to study something for a long time before we say for certainty there are no long-term effects. 
Um, so obviously we want to follow people, but let's be clear. What makes us who we are is our DNA. DNA is the genetic code in our cells. This is much more like a messenger. It is not the genetic code that determines who we are, and it's not the code when it gets messed up that causes lots of problems for us. So we know that people are born with genetic defects. This is not that. This is really the downstream code that is doing the work for the genes in the body. So I think people have to understand. I don't want people to have to become biologists or super scientists. <laughs> I think what they have to understand is, is that this is not your genes or your genetic code, and we're not messing with that, and the mRNA doesn't change that, So, which is good in some ways but bad in other ways because you know, we would probably want to sprinkle some genetic dust on the Bengals to make them a better team. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, Doc, there you go. Let's work on that next. Let's get this COVID thing done first. Well, but, well that's, right. good, that's good news, Doc, because the last thing I need is it's horrible for my complexion. I don't want, like, a big horn growing out of the side of my head, or I don't want to develop boobs or something like that. So that, that's a good thing. Um, and I guess it's because, as you just described, it's because it's a vaccine derived from mRNA. Um, but one of the issues with the, the flu vaccine, for instance, is it seems like every year they say, okay, there's three different types of flu that's out there, and we pick this one, and lo and behold, it's like they pick the wrong one, so it doesn't have as much effectiveness. Is there any risk with that? Is there any risk of the coronavirus mutating where all of a sudden now this vaccine would be ineffective? Yeah, so that's a great question. So viruses change and adapt all the time. Flu is the one that really adapts quite a bit and changes year to year and then decade to decade can make even bigger shifts. We don't know enough about this coronavirus to know whether it's going to make those kind of shifts or changes. So I think what we're seeing now is, is that the target we picked is spot on, and it's the right one for these first two vaccines, and that's really good news. And the third vaccine uh, the one from Oxford, AstraZeneca, also reported some preliminary data and also had very good activity, again, looking at that spike protein, but using a different technology uh, to produce that spike protein. So I think we're on the right track, and, uh, you know, I think it's good news because I think having something to get a relief from this pandemic would be welcomed by everyone. So let's you you mentioned the two already. So it's the Pfizer um, uh, vaccine candidate, the Moderna one, and then this AstraZeneca one. So the the Pfizer and the Moderna, the two kind of like ahead of the curve. But again, all three very close. Not to look at this in a capitalistic manner, but is it good? And I know you're on the science side of this, not on the the other side of this. But um, having two in competition does that. What is that going to mean for the American people? Does this mean we get it sooner? Does this mean it'll be cheaper? Does this mean we have to choose between the two and figure out which is the best for us? How does that work? Yeah, I mean, I think it's good that we have more, and I'm hoping we'll have six or seven mm-hmm. uh, because we have six billion people in the world, and there is no one company that's going to be able to produce enough vaccine in a fast enough time period 
So it's going to take a village to fix things. So we really want to have lots of vaccine available. We've already seen some of the issues. Moderna requires refrigeration. Mm-hmm. Pfizer requires super cold freezing. So some of these things are going to make it harder to get vaccines out to everybody. And so we really want to have lots of options. And then I think what we want to do is be able to give people guidance. I think the most important thing is is that if you start one vaccine, you finish with that vaccine. We shouldn't mix and match because, you know, we don't want to wear polka dots and stripes at the same time. <laughs> there you go. Dr. Carl Fichtenbaum joining us. Uh, Doc, last question. J- just in general, when it comes to vaccines, because, look, there's a lot of people that are resistant to this one. I, I may fall into that category to a certain degree. H- how much of the population needs to get this vaccine in order for it to have a positive effect on all of us as a whole, if, if you can understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I think if we can start to get 50% of the population vaccinated, and in particular in most neighborhoods, that we'll be able to really decrease the spread and the disaster that has been this pandemic. And while I certainly respect and honor people's views and values, I encourage people to learn about each vaccine, what it does, how it works, what are the risks, what are the benefits, and then think about how your life has changed and how much Mm -hmm. you really liked 2020, (laughs) how many people have died, how overwhelmed our hospitals are right now, Mm -hmm. and how things are going to get a little bit worse before they get better here for all of us, and then ask yourself, do I want to be part of the solution or part of the problem, and are you willing to take a leap of faith with me? Because I'm going to challenge you in the vaccine challenge to join our side. Be so, a part of it. So is that it's like the, 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 the dump it on our heads? Yeah, the, the tide no. challenge or the <laughs> one of those things. <laughs> so, so, doctor, you you have no qualms. You would get it. You would have your family get it. No question. I am going to be one of the first in line, and I'll televise it, and I'll be happy to show it. All right, everybody. let's do it on Coffee Break with Catherine. <laughs> I'm just calling it right now. We're going to do it on Facebook Live and the Inquirer's Facebook page. We'll be in touch. All right. All right, Sounds doctor, great. thank you. Doctor, the best. Thanks very much. Have a great afternoon. All right, you too. There you go. So where are you with this? 513-749-7000, pound 700 AT&T, 1-800, the big one. Will you take it? Will you wait? Will you absolutely, under no circumstance, take it? Where are you at with this thing? And we'll uh, get your calls. But uh, first, some traffic. Rob, what do you got? From the UC Health Traffic Center, home to the nationally recognized pancreatic cancer set. She's showing some great results. Um, you know, only it's 94% effective. Uh, but look, of course, Catherine, people have questions about mm-hmm. it and are skeptical. And this, in this day and age, people are skeptical of everything. People that regularly get vaccines for everything, right? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. flu, all, you know. Well, let's not forget, there's a whole contingency of parents who don't get their kids vaccinated at all. Right. We believe all vaccines are Right, are, the anti-vaxxers. Yes, yes. And, and, and they have just as solid reasoning in their minds as I do for getting my kids vaccinated, right. you know? So, um, and so I don't think you're going to find a hundred percent of anybody. Who's no. Like, yeah. Sign me up. No, I agree. But, but I feel like there's people that get the normal vaccines that you yeah. get throughout mm-hmm. life, but this one, they're like, uh, not taken. And I don't not know. Yet. It, yeah. You're right. But I don't understand why, because it's new and it's, and, and look, 
I was more resistant about getting the vaccine. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Two weeks ago than I was today. Right. I think people are changing their minds. I right. think that that's a big, like, because you start looking at the numbers behind it. And when you, what you just said... 11 out of 30,000 people yeah. got sick and none of them severely. That is an ex- pretty good. If we if we could get those odds right now, wouldn't all of us sign up for that? But I guess the answer is no. Right. For me, though, it's look, and I'm not going to run. I don't need to be first in line for it. And I'll probably right, wait a right. little bit. But for me, it's like I want society to get back to normal. OK, yeah. I want restaurants to be open uh, past 10 o'clock. Okay. I was just in Michigan over the weekend. No in-person dining at all That's at Kentucky. any hour of the day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Same thing there. I want schools to not be on zoom. I want, um, you know, Covington diocese, which is doing mm-hmm. the remote learning. I want them to get back to school. You know, I want winter sports to happen. I want the damn mask wearing to stop. So if, if all to get all that, to get past that, and get back to real life where we're going to, you know, operating like normal human beings again. If that means taking the vaccine yeah. and encouraging people to do it, I'm more I agree. I, I think there's a lot of people in that boat. I mean, even me, even in the beginning, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to be first in line for that. But then you hear, again, for me, it's the science. When you hear Dr. Fichtenbaum talk, like, I, I, I know, like, one iota of one-tenth of a percent of of the the smallest brain cell in his brain. <laughs> right. And so when when he starts, you know, saying I'm going to be first in line, I'm signing up my family and all of that, you have to start I think your brain starts looking at this in a different manner and Great. starts thinking, okay, well maybe they're right. All right, let's go to the American people. Let's go to Jim in Cincinnati. Jim, you taking it? You not taking it? What's the word? Hey, am I up? Yep, you are. Great. No, I'm not going to take it. And here's why. The COVID death rate is 99.99% survivable. Agreed. Mm-hmm. COVID death rate. Okay, the CDC published a study that said 94% of COVID-19 deaths had underlying medical conditions. Mm-hmm. So it's okay nobody if they died die, of COVID death. Oh, no, wait a minute. Here's another study that says a closer look at U.S. deaths due to COVID-19. They compared 2019 death rates in America to, to 2020 death rates in America. There's absolutely no statistical change except they quit counting all of the other comorbidity cases. So they're not counting the heart attacks or anything. Right, but but, but Jim, Jim, let me ask you, let me ask you this. If you, I... want, if you want to be honest about it, then be honest about it. Quit Quit lying about it. You think the vaccine's so good and that people should have to take it voluntarily? Then why make it mandatory to have a job? You're going to have to get a vaccine. Jim, 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 let me ask you this. Let's say for the sake of argument that there's no negative side effects with it. You know, would you still get it? I mean, would you I mean, if there's nothing, no, there's no risk, no harm to getting it. Would would you not get it just to kind of 
You know, for the sake, look, as Dr. Fickenbaum said, 50% or more of society has to get this vaccine in order for things to start opening up and life to get back to normal. For the sake of getting back to normal, would you consider taking it? For, uh, for what? For, for something that's 99.9%. Because every and first day, of all, we've got to stop right there. It is not 99.9% survivable. We're 4 to 6% death rate which is uh, 600 times, if I'm not mistaken, more than the flu. People keep saying it's the same as the flu. It's not the same as the flu. Well, it it's is 99% of people are not going to have any effect of the virus. Uh, when you, I'm looking this up right now because um, it's a 4 to 6% situation. But he, here's what I'm saying. It, let's, it, Jim seemed very angry about this COVID situation. But my question is this. If... Let's just say it's 99.9% survivable. Let's just say that's accurate, okay? That only 0.1% of people are going to die from it. Why wouldn't you still get the vaccine if there are no side effects to prevent those people from dying? Is it okay that people with heart disease die? Is it okay that our in-laws and our grandparents die? Is it okay if you're overweight or have diabetes that you die? And if if it just requires us getting a – like we get a flu vaccine. I get a flu vaccine every year. Right. That doesn't mean I think I'm going to die from it. I just don't want to get sick. Right. I've had cancer and two kids, and the flu is the worst thing I've ever had. Right. And so I don't want to get it again. So it's not about dying necessarily. It's just about wanting to stay well. And, and to me, it's, it's about getting because every day it's like the case is the case. And I think all that is is overblown and, and, and it's it's amped up by the media to get us fearful of this thing. But regardless, that's the, that's what's happening. Right. The cases are high. The hospitals are getting over all that sort of stuff in order to get life back to normal. OK, if it means getting the vaccine. I, I think I would I would consider it because that's what I want. I'm tired of walking around with a mask on. I'm tired of schools being shut down. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of people losing you know their jobs and their livelihood. Yep. If it means me getting a vaccine, even if it, I don't care if it helps me or not, if it helps get things right. back to normal, I, I think I'd be in favor. You know, th- this is what we were talking about with with um, holidays. It's like we all want to have Christmas together or Thanksgiving together or whatever. It may look different. I'm willing to take make sacrifices and wear a mask and stay six feet apart or do it outside as long as I can do. It. And it's the same kind of argument here. I want to get back to normal, too. I think we all want to get back to normal. Yeah. And if that means a vaccine, then that's what I'm doing. If it's standing on my head, I'll stand on my head. All right. Whatever. We'll take a break and we'll come back with more 700 WLW. News, traffic and weather. News Radio 700 WLW. Cincinnati. Bars Comet's not aligning. You go. elbow people out of the way. <laughs> that would be Willie. He'll, he'll elbow <laughs> people and step on them. And then complain about it. Yes, exactly. Uh, let's go to Dave and Dayton. Now, Dave, you were a part of the Moderna vaccine trial. Is that correct? That is correct. Good. What do you got? Well, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the type of person that I don't get the flu vaccine. Never have. Never probably will. But for some reason, I wanted to try this out. And... Uh, volunteered for it and i tell you i think it works um my wife had it she was out for like a whole week she had, um, COVID. Whole week. She had covid okay um she was down out for a whole week and then she slowly started getting better you know so she was out for two weeks total but she couldn't move she couldn't do anything she was miserable mm-hmm. so and i was around her um quite a bit never got it um, called uh, called the research place and just let them know because that's part of the procedure mm-hmm. and still don't know if I got the placebo or the actual oh. vaccine. Uh, but that was my question. So will no. you ever find that out, Dave, if you were control I will, group? I will, or... 
they said I'll probably never find out, but I, but when they offer the when they offer the vaccine, that they'll probably let me, they'll probably let the participants get in line at some point. So. So this is so interesting to me, Dave. So I I know there's a lot of people who don't do flu vaccines. There's a ton of people who don't. So and you were one of them. What what was it about a trial that made you want to jump on board? I don't know. I I don't I really don't know. I just felt that it was something I can do to Mm -hmm. try to try to help this out, you know, because I'm tired of it, too. I'm tired of wearing a mask. I'm tired of not having any fun, not going out, not eating out. You know, it's. It's crazy. It's like, let's just get this over with. And I just felt maybe, you know, one person can help. And I think a lot of us did. And, you know. So do you think, I mean, obviously you don't know, but do you think you you had the actual vaccine considering the proximity to your wife? I would would think so. I would think so. Yeah. Do you have any side effects or anything? Anything weird? No, no, no horns nope. growing out of your head or your butt or anything. No, nope. Okay, nope, good. not not yet. Not yet. <laughs> so interesting. Hey, hang in there, Dave. So Thank you for the call. Let's go to uh, let's go to uh, let's go to Mia. Mia, fire away. What do you got? Uh, did you say Mia? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um. Well, I just heard you talking about the uh, vaccines, and uh, uh, I just I'm calling in to uh, basically express that I think it should be optional. Um, there's pros and cons um, to everything in life, and that includes medicine. And uh, I think that each person should get to discuss it, you know, with their own doctor, the doctor that knows their health and uh, any risk factors that might um, be um, of a concern, maybe risk factors that they they should get the vaccine or maybe some concerns that they shouldn't. There are people with food allergies. There are people with, um, you know, immunocompromised systems where – their system you know, potentially could have an adverse reaction. Um, there are actually doctors out there that um, believe the flu vaccine can increase one's risk to getting breast cancer. Uh, you know, these are real doctors with, you know, MD or a doctor of opte- osteopathy after their name, so they have, you know, extensive background research and whatnot, and uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that, that getting the flu vaccine, I, I, whether it does or not, I don't know. But what I'm trying to say is that someone should know there there may be some some increased risks of adverse right. reactions, not well, necessarily yeah. immediate, but maybe long term. You know, I agree. And Mia, thank you for the call. That that's the thing is this because this was rushed ahead. Oh and, yeah. Is we don't know the long term. And there's effects. gonna be a lot of people who are in that boat. And 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 to her point, uh, it, it being mandatory, that uh, it, there's no evidence that that there's no vaccine that's mandatory there's none well like, for school age kids right suggested but if you have religious opposition okay. you do not have to have it done and um so, but, to yeah. me Catherine, that that's a good point I, that's gonna be interesting to see what companies or, or cultural too right, i want to point right. that out cultural as well but but what companies are going to say yeah you yeah. can come back to work but we need to see that you had the vaccine yeah. or, or, or the airlines say yeah we'll take you on that trip to the right. maldives right. but we that's going to be a slippery yeah, slope. That's a good point. And, and and I read up on that, and supposedly there's like a 1905 Supreme Court case that says basically, you know, the government or businesses have the right to make a a vaccine mandatory, which that's going to cause a lot of problems, a lot of issues with people yeah. being told. I, yeah, and again, there's no indication that that's going to happen. Uh, but uh, at this point, it's all it's all voluntary, but highly suggested once it moves on out there. But it'll be interesting. There you go. Travis, fire away. What do you got? Well, one big thing, uh, maybe put some perspective to Pfizer's history. 2009, September 2nd, Department of Justice 
pay, that Pfizer had to pay $2.3 billion for fraudulent marketing. All these vaccine companies have a long history of damages, claims, and also on this, this current vaccine, though, what's coming out, there's no liability. Ask that doctor who's going to be liable for when six months from now, because they don't know the long-term side effects, when people start getting injuries from this vaccine. That also changes your messenger RNA. Never has there been a vaccine. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With mRNA, it's going to change your DNA. People need to look up Project Rooftop, PDF. That's what's coming. You can't stop this. I mean, I understand you guys are owned by... I heart media. You can only give out so much truth, but what, the hell, what are you talking about? And Travis, <laughs> thank you. What a weird. First of all, okay, so just to put in perspective, um, Doctor Fichtenbaum is the lead scientist on the Moderna study at the University of Cincinnati and infectious disease expert. Mm. So take that for what it is. Uh, but I mean, to 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 his point though, and he's right. Big pharma is doing this and big pharma has got a whole bunch of issues and there's no question there. They're wrapped up in the government. They're wrapped up in donations to various and sundry different candidates. And they have had issues with, um, you know, advertising and marketing in the past. This is a different animal. Um, let's hope, let's mm-hmm. hope. Um, but yeah, th- there still is, you know, we don't know the long term. and you heard Dr. Fichtenbaum say that we don't know the long term, which is it. why it's, it's, a, it's a choice. And mm-hmm. if you don't yeah. want to take it, I, I understand yep. why you don't, Absolutely. because, because again, of the long term side effects that we don't know at yeah. all. Yeah. My, but where I'm at today, and this could yeah. change as more information comes out. I, I just want to get, I want society to get back to normal. Okay. I'm, I just think the longer we do this kind of, it, it becomes, Mm-hmm. acceptable to just I'll tell you what, what I worry about is you know we're, we're you know then now we have to wear the mask all the time right and that's been for going on for a while that we're becoming conditioned to that what happens in two years when there is a a, a bad flu outbreak and are they you're gonna say ah well we, we got to go back to the mask for a while and people are like okay no we're not supposed to walk around with masks on it's not how you're supposed to do it right I, I just I don't want that I, I want to get back to normal life here and if that means to me Getting this vaccine, I think I'll consider. It. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the phones. Let's go to uh, let's go to Anna in uh, Kentucky. Anna, fire away. Anna, 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 Anna. Nope. We'll go to another one then. Let's go to uh, let's go to Dave. Dave, fire away. Hey, Rock. Hi, Catherine. How y'all doing? Good. Good. Thank you. Hey, um, I don't I don't think I'm going to get the vaccine, and here's why. I have two reasons. First of all, um. I used to get bronchitis all the time uh, in the wintertime because I worked outside. One year, my doctor told me to get a flu shot, so that probably helped me some. I got a flu shot. And let me tell you, I spent the next three months fighting the flu, bronchitis, and then eventually led to pneumonia. And uh, the, the flu shot didn't help me. So uh, to get the coronavirus Vaccine, I don't think I'm for it. I'm not going to do it. Uh, I'm careful with, with, you know, who I associate with and stuff like that. But the second reason 
I'm not going to get it is because there's just so much of the unknown factor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, when, when the COVID-19 first started coming out, you know, it was don't wear a mask. It don't help you at all. And then it was wear a mask. Yep. And then, then they're telling you to do this. Then they said, no, I don't do this. So there's just so much, um, so much that's not known yet. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not worried about getting it. Uh, if I get it, I'll take my chances. You know, I'm 60 years old. Yeah. I'm retired. I'm over. I'm overweight, even though I've lost a ton of weight in the last year. I'm no longer a diabetic or high blood pressure or anything like that. But if I get it, I'll take my chances with with recuperating. Yeah, and, and Dave, and, and thank you for the call. And that's that's the the choice. You yeah, know, absolutely. And, under, and that's yeah. why you should ask your doctor. You know, have you? I assume. You know, people have a doctor that they've been with hopefully for a while that they trust. Sure. And every situation is unique. If you have this comorbidity or that comorbidity or you have a history of, like he said, you get bronchitis when you get the shot, I don't know. Yeah. You take it and try it. Absolutely. And, and again, that's that's the choice. That's it. And just like the flu vaccine, just like, the, you know, every year we decide, and this isn't the same situation, but in that case, we decide every year, okay, am I going to do it or am I going to not do it? And there's lots of people who don't do it yeah. and who don't get the flu. Right. But I, I haven't gotten one in years. The only reason I do now is because I got the flu and I don't ever want that mess again. Gotcha. All right. Let's take one more here before the uh, the break. Let's go to a Julie. You're from Michigan. Fire away. Hey, okay, real quick. My thing is I am forced to get the flu shot because I am a healthcare worker. If I wasn't allowed, you know, if I didn't have to get the flu shot, then I wouldn't get it. So this is my fifth year of getting the flu shot and being in healthcare over close to 30 years. Okay, now when the coronavirus thing comes out, the the, um, the uh, vaccine, my thing is will we be, as healthcare workers, be forced to take this vaccine if we don't take it? And we will lose our job. What's what your, what your, what your gut tell you on that, Julie? That's an interesting thought. What's my gut? And don't get the flu. Don't get the vaccine. The question is, do, what's your gut tell you in terms of your work, your hospital? Do you think they'll make you get it or not? I believe that they will make us get it since we have to get the flu shot. If we don't get the flu shot, we lose our job. Hmm. That's a great yeah, point. And Julie, yeah. thank you. I think a lot, again, I think it's not just healthcare workers. I think a lot of people are going to, business owners are going to, you just wonder. It's going to be interesting to see how it develops. Are they going to say, again, yeah, you can come back to work here, but uh, we're, we're going to need to see that. Yeah, or, and that's going to be an individual business, and businesses can make those decisions for themselves. They, they can make those decisions, and that's going to be tough for people who don't want to have that vaccine, but... If the if the condition of employment is that I remember right out of college, this is a totally random uh, comparison. I worked for a staffing service, so like a kind of a temporary service because I couldn't find a job immediately. And they required women to wear skirts. I didn't like it. You could not wear pants. Mm-hmm. I'm a 21 year old college kid. I don't have business skirts, but that was the condition of employment. I knew to work there. I had to wear a skirt. So that's what I did. Do I like it? No. Do I think it's sexist? Absolutely. But I needed a job, so I did it. You did it. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's going to be – I could have had the opportunity to say, no, I appreciate it, but no, I don't want this job. I'm going to go work someplace where I can wear some pants. But <laughs> but and now we don't have to wear pants at all because we're in Zoom all the time, right? So that's the beauty of it. There you go. <laughs> all right, uh, Rob, how the road's looking? Yeah, and those Zoom conference calls, make sure you don't have a glass top desk. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes, yes. I think we learned the hard way. Uh, Sarah Fuller, kicker situation mm-hmm. with you, Catherine. Yes. We'll get your thoughts. I'm sure you want my thoughts. Oh, yes. We'll get the American people's thoughts on that. So that'll come up after the uh, the 4 o'clock news. It's interesting. 
Um, until then, though, how about this, Catherine? So mm-hmm. obviously people are, you know, businesses, bars especially are shut down, mm-hmm. not just here in America, but around the world. So so I, I, I applaud folks are finding interesting ways to, like, work around obstacles, yep. right? Being very creative. This is a, a bar called the 400 Rabbits Tequila and Mezcal Cocktail Bar. Already, in, I like it. Yeah, it's in Nottingham, England. And um, I guess the owner of this bar has petitioned the country to recognize that bar um, as a church. Okay. You know, so it's kind of skirt the rules. He's going to he's rebranded the church, Church of the 400 Rabbits. So, because you're allowed to attend a church service over there, but you cannot go into a bar. Gotcha. So this solves the problem. Yeah. Right? Sure it does. Uh, last week, owner James Aspel uh, recently revealed his plan where he showed himself mailing in the application he filled out um, to attempt to skirt the current rules that currently allow establishments to offer takeout to customers mm-hmm. and, of course, again, re- religious establishments. Do they have to have, like, a, a priest on staff or something? No? I mean, you can just you have a guy. You can say, oh, Bob over there, he's, he's <laughs> Pastor okay. Bob? You can bless I, I, the mezcal or something. Right. You know? I, uh, I saw another one of these where, same deal, uh, like, instead of, where they couldn't serve alcohol, but there's some law where... If you're on a boat, oh yeah, yeah, moving, yeah. Yeah. you can. So well, that guy, used to be the rule about casinos, as you'll recall. Right. You had to move, and then you could you can gamble all you, you want. Do all you want, yeah. exactly. So this guy got like a hovercraft or no, something nice. and <laughs> drove it around. To, <laughs> hey, Look, you gotta get creative. That's the workarounds what, are creative. That's what COVID is all about. All right, we'll get the news, and then uh, Catherine and I will talk about Sarah Fuller and more. Seven hundred WLW news, traffic, and weather. News Radio 700 WLW, Cincinnati. Lots of talk today, but it's unclear. You can't even say this story without giggling. No, I, so here's the story. So uh, the Vanderbilt Commodores, the mighty Commodores, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, in a game uh, this past weekend, um, a so long story short, they had because of COVID, they, a lot of players, like every team is dealing with, are out, okay? And so their kicking situation, their their kickoff person uh, was down. They had no one else on the team, apparently, that could do that. Um, so they looked around. Um, the rest of the student body was gone, right? Sometimes you'll see they'll have tryouts for the yeah. student body. To this. So they're gone. They can't do it. Um, so they went to a woman by the name of Sarah Fuller, and she is a goalkeeper on the Commodores uh, soccer, women's soccer team, uh, who just won the SEC title like mm-hmm. two mm-hmm. weeks ago. And brought her on and um the lead up all week was she's going to become the first woman to play in a power five football game and she would thought she might do like an extra point or a field goal or something like that turns out she just did she did the opening kickoff of the second half uh, you know squib kicked it on down there and after that so there's obviously there's people on both sides of this right sure. one say this is fantastic for women what a great day all this and some that say what did this really do? Was was this necessary? What 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 boundaries did this uh, break away? I want your thoughts on the Sarah Fuller situation. Well, I don't think it broke any boundaries, and that she's not the first woman to to play Division One football. She's you know what third probably. Third? Yeah, well, there's two other ones. Two so others. one by the name of uh, Katie Ahinda yeah. of New Mexico, and then April uh, Goss of Kent, Kent State. State yeah. So this she's the first in Power Five, power five. football. It, it and. It, I know that there are plenty of people who think this is wrong and, you know, all of these things is probably, you know, this is awful and all of this. I get it. My theory on this is if she is good enough to play, she should be able to play. 
regardless of gender or size, uh, previous experience, if they're going to open it up to randos from the fraternity houses to kick mm-hmm. and see if they want to play, why not try her? Now, it doesn't sound like they gave her any special treatment. She kicked it, and she, they she did well in the tryouts. They gave her the spot, and that's that. Um, so, you know, the issue to me is not should she play. The issue to me is the... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Reaction of people online, which I'm going to tell you is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Not everybody. Not everybody. And I think that there are valid arguments to be had on both sides. I think women should play because of this. I don't think women should play because of that. They're valid arguments. However, some of this just deteriorated into stereotypes and did she bake them cookies and, you know, stuff like that, which is just Mm -hmm. insane because you know she could kick that ball further than that dude who said that. You know she can. Mm -hmm. So that's the issue to me. I don't know how many how many boundaries this broke. Um, I do think I'm a big fan of if you see something you see that it's possible. So if a, a little girl is going, you know what? That girl kicked for the Commodores. That young woman, I should say, kicked for the Commodores. I can do it too. And who's to say that's not going to spur on another generation? I do think it's very important for representation just to see, as long as that is um, a, a, a goal or a position that is attained by rightful purposes and not just because she's a girl. Right. And see, but that's the rub. That That's the part where I think a lot of people question because if you saw her kick or even if you saw her kick during the week you saw that even attempting an extra point it was like barely getting over the mm-hmm. thing and and the kickoff in the game it went to the 37 yard line so well, we've seen male kickers do some really bad right, kicks but, too but your point is valid right yeah. it, it that's where people quite say did it actually come down to the best person is there not like a, somebody on that team that maybe kicked mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. middle school that could have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. where I think people kind of lose a little. Now, if, if this she would have come on and kicked it twenty five yards on the back of the end zone, mm-hmm. then you go, "Wow, that's something that, regardless yeah. of gender, she could do." But the fact that, yeah, clearly she was put in this position not because she was the best kicker on. Vanderbilt's do we know campus. that she beat out somebody who is better than she is? I, I that would be my question. I don't know. If, and if that's the case, I don't think that's right. I don't see how that happened. <laughs> Wouldn't we have heard about it by now? It's been I, five days. But the, the again, the kick again, nothing, nothing against. It has nothing to do with her gender. It's the mm. fact that it, she wasn't good at it. it. it yeah, it, it was not a yeah. well executed kick. Now, but again, look if if you, there's a girl out there, I always thought it was where it was the. And I know next to nothing about soccer. You know this. That it was a goalkeeper. Right. Why would it be yeah. like a like a forward or a yeah? You know, the only thing I can think something. is goalies do have to kick. You know, when you're pretty far, right. pretty far, but not necessarily with with accuracy. So that is interesting. And, but if you read her story, she's had a couple of injuries. She's moved around a little bit in position. Although she has been a goalkeeper for her entire college career, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, it is interesting that that was the position and not someone who is a goal scorer from the right. soccer team. So. With that said, here was my biggest issue. Are you ready? Yeah. So apparently, 
and then this came out. Uh, she was interviewed after the game, and and I think she's you know nice person. She didn't seem she didn't come off to me as like an activist Mm-mm. type, like a Megan Rapinoe, you know, none of that. Right? I, I think she's a very nice person. But then it came out during the after the game um, in an interview. Um, I guess where we learned that she was apparently given the floor in the locker room at halftime to address the football team. And she said, quote, if I'm being honest, I was a little pissed off at how quiet everyone was on the sideline. Fuller said, we made a first down. I was the only one cheering. And I was like, what the heck? What's going on? And I tried to get them pumped up. And I was like, you guys need to start cheering your team on. My issue this is this, Catherine. She had been on that team for yeah. about two days. Yeah. And she's addressing the team at halftime? Yeah. That would be like, you were channel, how many years are you at nine? It's the station which shall not be named. Yes. But yes, 21. Okay, 21. Had I, working this, walked in two days on the job down there and said, you know, everyone around here, you guys need to kind of pep up a little bit, and I think you should do your job better. Like That wouldn't, regardless right. of gender, that wouldn't go over, right? Yeah. No, I, I agree. I agree. I thought that was a little like, uh, because there's, have to imagine there's scholarship players walk on male players on that team that've been on there for four and five years that have never got the opportunity to address the team. That's a right. big deal. Mm-hmm. And she was. I, I, they just it kind of takes away from the. This is an organic thing. It seems like this is forced. The only way that that would make sense is if it was like the elephant in the room type of situation where, like, look, let's just get this out on the table. Yeah, I'm a girl. I'm different than everybody in this room right? yeah and and let's just like let's forget it and move on if that was the address maybe it would be okay right but according to her words the address being like hey how come you guys aren't a little more excited out there that doesn't seem quite right yeah that's not kind of your place to to do that you know again i can't go down to uh another you know the sales department and say here's what i think you guys should do no (laughs) that wouldn't work so anyway we'll see uh, where this goes from there five one three seven four nine seven thousand Pound 700 AT&T, 1-800, big one. Now, of course, the question I've been asked a thousand times is, okay, Rocky, say you are on that kickoff team. Mm-hmm. Ball is squibbed to you. You pick it up. You want to score a touchdown. She's standing in the way. What do you do? You, you go, play right? Play against her the like, way you would if it was anyone else. Do you think, is that how the media would react? If I think you have to. I don't think tight that end trucks her. I, well, you're the media and I'm the media and I know how we would react. I don't think that like, you, and, and first of all, you know, better than anybody, you're not paying attention in that moment. Oh, is that the girl? Oh, wait a minute. Was, <laughs> does this <laughs> right, guy right. have a knee problem? Like you're not thinking about that. You're, you're trying to reach your goal, whatever that goal is, touchdown, extra yards, whatever it is. Um, but yeah, I, it's, that's, that's the risk you take. And yeah. that, that's a risk you take whether you are um, uh, an inexperienced football player or a small football player or a female football player, whatever it is. If if a bigger, better player comes at you, you take what is given. Right, and, and that's that's the interest of fairness in the yep. game. You're you know, no one's trying to hurt anybody out there, but you're trying to do your job. So, um, but it would be interesting as if we see more of this, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, get more and more chances of women kicking this. At some point, that scenario is going to come up. Someone's going to field the ball and run down the field, mm-hmm. and it's going to be mano y mano. And then what happens, it'll be interesting to see how that works and out. It'll also be interesting to see if, if the female player gets uh, the better hit on the male that player would, no, that and would, what will happen. The world would erupt. Erupt. Let's go to, let's go to Dayton and talk to Ralph. Ralph, weigh in. What do you got? Well, I was a football coach 40-some years ago on a peewee team, and I had a young lady who would like to have played football, so I had to go to the athletic department and get 
permission for her to play. She was a pretty good kicker, but we didn't have a soccer team or anything for her to play on. So she kicked for me for the whole year. Yeah. Very first game, she kicked off, and the ball carrier was coming up the field, and she tackled him. He looked up at her and realized this was a girl who just tackled me. He got the strangest look on his face that <laughs> you ever want to believe. Yeah, but, no, that's, that's good. And we, my youth football team, I think when I was seven, yeah. we had a or uh, Zip off your heart, sister. I forget her name now. Anyway, yeah, she was on team. Yeah. You know, well, good cool. for you 40 yeah. years ago for, you, uh, for yeah, doing that. And, you, you know, I remember when I was covering sports here, there was a kicker at Madison Central in Indiana, um, a, a female kicker, and that was – I don't know, 1998. Like, um, this was a high school, uh, high school kicker, and she was the starting kicker. So, and of course, Kathy Ireland in the movie. Uh, what's that movie? <laughs> oh, what's the oh movie with God. Sinbad in it? You know yes, what I'm talking about? I the do. Armadillos. Oh, anyway, my goodness. Yeah, she, who she had can a leg. Forget Kathy Ireland. I haven't. Um, <laughs> let's go to Hyde Park. Dan, what do you got? Yeah, yeah. If, if I was running, you know, I probably wouldn't run for a touchdown if Kathy Ireland was running. <laughs> that might, that might be what? the perfect we, defense. We have figured this out. This is it. <laughs> Kathy Ireland for kicking. I wouldn't take one for the team. I'd take one for, you know, there's a median team. <laughs> there's not an eye, but there's it. a median, Dan. You Thank it. you. Let's, uh, we'll take some more calls on this, uh, but first we'll get some traffic. Rob, what do you got? You know what? Both of my boys used to wrestle, and every once in a while they would come across a girl playing a power five football game where she kicked off. She opened the second half uh, with a kickoff and um, it was applauded by many and others. Not <laughs> Rocky so much. gives it a thumbs down I, I, on, on, on execution alone. Exec- again, had she been the, had she had some you know leg that was unbelievable and there's mm-hmm. no one else that could, again, just kick it out 20 can yards. You count, about- can you just chalk this up to nerves maybe game one, but you said you've seen like video of her. Well, I, I was been- watching pregame cause okay. they were like, you know, okay. and like they, they were kind of like just making it mm-hmm. over, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So I you go, God, there's not some walk on who's never seen the field that can you maybe throw them out there. And but again, my biggest issue was her addressing the yeah. team at halftime. That's regardless of her gender. Anybody who's been on the, any team That's or any just business for room etiquette, right? Yeah. Or yeah. business etiquette. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure any, you know, someone at P and G, um, you know, and it has a team there, and someone from the outside comes in for two days and says, "Hey, I think you guys should start doing it like this." Eh, not so much. Let's go. Uh, let's go to the phones. What do you like? What do you like? Let's go to. Let's go to Muncie and talk to Joe. Joe, fire away. Hey, hey, wait. We had a, a female kicker over here. You know, he was talking about earlier uh, in Muncie. In, in Indiana, yeah, yeah, we had a female kicker, and uh, the other guy was talking about wrestling. Yeah, Earlier, I, I'd seen her uh, wrestle, but I've never seen her box. Jeez. And see, those are the kind of comments that are ridiculous, right? And and that come out like, and if you look at any sort of social media post about this, it it shows your intelligence, and it shows you that you've got nothing else to say. Like, you know, give right. a girl a break. Well, yeah, I mean, look, pe- people have like, like fair that. criticisms. Yeah. Good. But yeah, the ones that, yeah, okay, yeah. Can you bake me cookies? Or, or does she bring cookies yeah, to the like, team or whatever she said? You're, 
I would say you're smarter than that, but I guess we're not. I guess we're not as a as a society. Right. You can absolutely be against women in football. Absolutely. But do it for for the right reasons. Explain them properly. They're not big enough. They don't have enough experience. She shouldn't be um, you know, addressing the team after being on the team for two days. Those are logical arguments. Not come on. Right. Come on. Well, and, and somebody wrote a column I was reading, you know, just about the, an issue they had was that this was kind of billed as a you know, a monumental feat that would, you know, mm-hmm. akin to Jackie Robinson I don't know playing. About that. Right. Yeah. That's a stretch. If she was a running back, uh, all right, and scored a touchdown, I'll give you that. Right. Or, I mean, but Jackie but, Robinson was, an, I mean, an ex- he was, what, rookie of the year, I think, is rookie year. Like, and, I, mean, or, I mean, MVP is rookie year. And, and he, he was incredible. wasn't allowed. Right. It wasn't that there was. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Wasn't a black player good right. enough. Black players weren't allowed to he be He was exceptional, league. but they were not He was exceptional. Exactly. That's right. a totally That's, different argument. Yeah, totally, totally different argument. Totally different than that. Let's go to the phones real quick. Let's go to uh, let's go to Chad and Goshen. Chad, fire away. Hey there, Chad. Chad. Hey, Rocky. How are you? Good, man. Fire away. Hey, um, my son's youth coach. His daughter plays on the eighth grade uh, team that she's she's an She plays on the football team there, and I gotta say, she's she's probably one of the better players on that team. But my question to you, Rocky, is is why why is in Ohio? Looked at when the in the age that we live in with Tyler Hyde and everything, why isn't Ohio looked at allowing high schools to like field girls football teams? Well, I I, I assume the answer is, and, and Chad, thank you, is that there's not an, enough, enough population. Yeah. I mean, look, at the youth level, they're having a hard time finding yeah m- finding youth boys players. youth absolutely. players absolutely. I mean, I went to St. James, and there used to be you know for just for uh, yeah. well for to play one football season there, but there was. Two eighth grade teams, two seventh grade. Now the seventh and eighth grade teams are, yeah. are combined it's a lot different. of times. So it's a lot different. All right, so let's do this. We'll take a break. We can come back. This is pretty cool. Uh, Dr. Timothy Kremchek uh, with Beacon. He's going to come on and talk to us. Joe Burrow is now currently in California and having his reconstructive knee surgery happening tomorrow. And Dr. Kremchek will tell us exactly what may be going on with that. We'll talk to him next. 700 WLW. News, traffic, and weather. News Radio 700 WLW, Cincinnati. Addressing the economic impact of the pandemic. California is currently there and I believe is having his surgery tomorrow on his knee. And all of the collective Bengal fandom will be waiting with bated breath, Catherine. Fingers crossed on this one. On how it's going to go and what all is involved with it. So we uh, we thought we'd check in with someone who, I don't know, has done a... Maybe a knee surgery or two in his life. Uh, Dr. Uh, Timothy Kremchek with Beacon Orthopedic. Doc, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Rocky, Catherine? We're doing good. Doing so, so, Doc, what, what do you know about Joe's specific case? And just take us through a little bit of what, how the surgery is going to go, what they got to address, things like that. You know, it's interesting. Um, you know, when this happened, you could, you could tell. I mean, everybody, everybody was questioning what, what went on, what, what happened to him. ACL, MCL came out. 
And then people are talking about other things inside of the knee, too. And, you know, you can imagine some cartilage, meniscus, you know, the articular cartilage, which is basically the end of the bone, you know, the the white-on-white of a chicken bone. It allows the joint to be smooth. And you really never know specifically until you get in there arthroscopically. And, yeah, I think it's interesting. Uh, He's out to California. Uh, you know, people keep saying, why would he go to California? You know, the Bengals medical staff is, they've got some excellent physicians. They really do. But it's all agent driven. You know, the mm-hmm. agency that mm-hmm. he takes care of. You know, I've dealt with this with the Reds for 25 years. And, you know, many of the Reds stay here. Some of them go somewhere else. And the agent uh, in this particular case is the same one who's Tom Brady's agent out in Los Angeles, CAA. And, you know, they kind of drive, you know, where these guys go. And you hope when something like that happens, that the operation, the communication, the rehabilitation doesn't get lost in the shuffle. I'll always, always worry about that kind of thing that, you know, he goes somewhere else. Somebody doesn't care as much as they do in town. Not, not that a doctor wouldn't care, don't get me wrong. But, you know, when you're dealing with somebody of Joe Burrow's status, you know, somebody like Barry Larkin or Ken Griffey Jr. or guys like uh, Joey Votto, you know, you're all over them. You know, they get the best care possible, and you just hope that, you know, that doesn't get lost a little bit with uh, him going out of town. But, you know, really somebody's not invested with the Bengals. But that being said, you know, he was probably had a lot of swelling. They wanted the swelling to go down in his knee, get some range of motion, kind of get his knee moving uh, before they fix his ACL, MCL, meniscus, because the key is going to be, Right after surgery, you want to get his knee moving. You don't want to add the insult of surgery to the insult of the injury that can cause a lot of swelling, stiffness, and then it becomes a real problem rehabilitative-wise, and it could take a lot longer to actually get better to when he can get on the field. So even though it's a week or 10 days now, in the long haul, I think it's going to pay dividends that they gave him that time to get some of the swelling down and get his knee moving. As far as... I, there's nothing routine about any of these surgeries, especially when you're talking about, you know, an NFL first, you know, number one draft pick. But how does this rank as far as um, is this an unusual surgery? Is this a difficult surgery? Is this just like your, you know, we hear ACL and MCL all the time. Is this, I don't want to say routine, but is this a routine surgery? Well, you, you hit it on the head. It's not routine. Nothing's routine. You know, anytime you tear your anterior cruciate ligament, you have to replace it with a tendon. And typically you use the patella tendon. Um, sometimes professional athletes, you use a cadaver graft, but Joe's awfully young for that. Uh, the MCL is easy to fix. The big question mark here is when they say other things inside of the knee. Mm-hmm. Um, those other things can be the variable between coming back next year or not, middle of the year, end of the year, um, and, and gradually getting back to where you want them to be 100%. You know, like I said before, uh, being a quarterback and a drop-back quarterback uh, certainly bodes better for him than, say, if he were a running back or defensive back that has to do a lot of shifting, uh, moving around, cutting, a lot more than he would a quarterback. Although, if you watched him this year, he had to do a lot of running around and cutting. Yeah. Uh, that was a problem. <laughs> right. For different reasons, yeah. But, 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 but there's nothing routine about it. The key and I think the critical aspect is going to be the proper rehabilitation and the mental game that he's going to have to play between now and probably June, the downtime, the dog time, the time when you really have to push it, and he doesn't rush to get back too soon. I mean, this is a guy who could play for the next 12, 15 years, a quarterback, don't waste or come back six weeks or eight weeks early. You know, maybe the Bengals are in the back of their mind saying, hmm, Maybe we'll do this. We'll get him right, and, and he won't play next year. I don't. They're all saying he'll be back next year, 
But, you know, a lot of it depends on that other aspect of what – if it's just ACL, MCL, he'll be back next year. If it's the other things, it's questionable. And the problem is they're not always real transparent about what's going on. And, and I get it. You know, it's, 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 it's somebody's, uh, you know, health we're dealing with, his profession. But, again, the fans, you don't know what that extra variable is here. Dr. Uh, Timothy Kremchek joining us here from Beacon Orthopedics. So, Doc, and – to that note, and not to worry Bengals fans or, or anybody, but how many times in your life have you gone into surgery and you say, okay, the MRI shows this, mm-hmm. you get inside that bad boy and it's a completely different story. Have you ever had that kind of experience? Almost every every time you operate on an, on an athlete with an ACL, you wow. can see, for example, that there's a meniscus tear. How bad is it? Do you sew it back or don't you? Uh, the articular surface, which is you know the ends of the bone, do you put it back? Do you graft it? How bad is it? A lot of uh, decision-making at the time of surgery. And quite honestly, you treat a 33-year-old quarterback a lot different than you would a 23-year-old quarterback. Um, so, you know, you're looking at the long haul here rather than, you know, the next couple of years. So you've got to treat them a lot differently. So, yeah, the MRI is a great roadmap. However, it's once you get in, when you see, number one, what it is, how bad it is, and then the decision process. And, again, that's the hard part about being out in California. You know, he plays for the Bengals. We're all Bengal fans. We want to see him play. you got to do the right thing for the player. Where do the Bengals as an organization, his employer come in? I mean, lots of issues here, and that's why these agents get involved, and it becomes uh, – it can be a little bit messy. It really can. It can It can hurt feelings. It can be difficult. Uh, the communication with the team, ownership, the trainers, the doctors, physical therapists. I mean, it, it's, it happens all the time, but it's, it, it's – I, mean, I operated on a player for the Padres the other day. Mike Clevenger, he's out in San Diego rehabbing now. And so the communication back and forth and how he's doing becomes very difficult. You have obviously dealt with many a professional player. And, um, you know, Joe Burrow comes in, you know, guns blazing. Like he he wants, you know, from day one, wants to hit it hard. And you, you mentioned yourself that that mental part of it, might be just as difficult as the physical part. What, um, in your experience, have you seen these athletes have to go through mentally and just, you know, emotionally having to, you know, their entire identity is wrapped up in what they do on the field and, and then to have that taken away? Right. I mean, you know, again, as, as of two years ago, I mean, Joe Burrow is, you know, the name Joe Burrow. He's a quarterback. He's, uh, that's his identity. And so that hard part about not being the leader on the Cincinnati Bengals team, uh, the, the, the guy, the toast of Cincinnati, the first-round draft choice, the Heisman Trophy winner, all those things, your heart sinks. And as I said before, when an athlete knows that he's injured and what's wrong and what needs to be done, they want it done now. Mm-hmm. So this must have been a very difficult 10 days for him. Once it's over, there will be a relief. It's over. I'm on my way to recovery. But I'm telling you, come February, March, when the players aren't around, nobody's around, they're not talking Bengals football, he's down in that rehab center for hours upon hours upon hours, wondering if the stiffness and some of the swelling and the movement, it's a very difficult time. And that's where the mind games, that's where the team comes in. And, you know, when you're dealing with athletes, it's not just a doctor, it's not just a trainer, it's the therapist, uh, there's, there's the psychiatrists, psychologists, sports psychologists, the people, the teammates. Everybody has to get around and, and circle around because you got to keep them up. You got to keep them going. You got to keep them showing up early to rehab, showing up twice a day, doing it every day, not stopping. And uh, it, it can be very, very difficult. And it's very lonely, very lonely in that Bengals training room in March.
No, <laughs> and a lot of people around there. Yeah, I mean, every friend or teammate that I've had that's gone through that, they, that's what they say. It's just lonely because you're mm-hmm. kind of just you and you know maybe the other two or three guys who are having the <laughs> same sort of rehab or, or something like that. Uh, Doc, last question. You mentioned how he'll have this surgery and then he'll immediately start rehabbing and range of motion and strengthening i mean and you've been doing this for a long time what what do you recall about the days when that wasn't the case where it was okay we're gonna do the surgery and you're gonna lay in a cast for uh, a month or something like that and and how far has that come first of all let me be very clear with you i'm not that old (laughs) okay so So i want to be very clear (laughs) my bad doc you know what i mean (laughs) all right but 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 the idea is is what has changed the most? I mean, arthroscopic and ACLs, it's rehab. And how we've learned how to get the range of motion, work on strength without stressing the things that have been injured, how to do functional rehabilitation. It used to be when you did an ACL, how strong with each quad, how strong with each hamstring. Is it four to six months you can go play? You know, I used to tease the players. I'd put my hand out, one flat, one like a rock. So which hand looks like a rock? Okay, you can go play. You know, it's not like that anymore. <laughs> so the functional rehab is so crazy. I remember pictures of Carson Palmer in the in the pool, yeah. you know, and, that, and, that, and running. These are all things that he's going to be able to do, and that rehab, that functional rehab will be key to get him back sooner in some cases, but certainly safer. And it gives his mind the ability that I can do this again. You're kind of replicating the position that you play and the things that you have to go through when you get back on the field. So that is going to, the operation is important. Don't get me wrong, but the rehab is critical and his mind and keeping him up and keeping him, you know, in the news and keeping him relevant and and the coaches with him. All these things are so important and you've got to have goals. What do I have to do by that month or this month? When can I start running? When can I start throwing? When can I start taking the snaps and tossing without getting hit? When can I start jogging? These are all important things that he has to have to go through, and that's the next hurdle after he gets his stitches out. Well, Doc, this has been great information. I really appreciate you checking in with us. Thank you. You make it sound like I'm Marcus Welby, and I've, you know, I've got everybody in a, in a cast and track. Yeah, and yeah what right happened? You guys were like, you know, had like the, heart, the, hair, the, the oxen out front, and you bring the patient in, and you, you yeah, a little black bag. Yeah, a little calls. black bag yeah. with the, like the saws. Great. Yeah. yeah. Great. Right I'm down on a bullet. Chair now. Thank you. <laughs> Doc, thank you. <laughs> See you, guys. See you. I didn't mean it like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, whatever. Now, I will say this. Of the guys that I've known and friends I've had that have had, in this case, knee mm-hmm. reconstructions, the other part, of it, obviously, is the rehab, but it's, what point did your confidence That's what I was going to say. Back? Knowing just you think what a quarterback does. Think about the just a drop back, just a, like just that last step. How, when do you get that confidence back to know I can do this and make a throw right. and not – not think Do about it, it because if you're out there on a, on a especially mm-hmm. on a professional football field, thinking about oh. injury or thinking about is this going to hold up? Is that gonna, you're done? Yeah. So that's the thing. Uh, you know, my good friend of mine, Tank Williams, one of my best friends, uh, he had that, and he, he recalled that that it, it came eventually. But you know, okay, yeah, it's strong. It's actually stronger than my other leg. It's this mm-hmm. and that. And I'm running the same forty time, but out there on the field when things are not in a controlled environment. That's yeah. that's the, 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 the big hurdle, the mental hurdle that's got to be overcome. So we shall see. All right, let's get some traffic. Rob, what do you have? Wow, Marcus Welby. Do you, are you <laughs> too young back. to remember that? I, I, I know. Even I, know. I am too young. Serious monoliths appearing, like these 13-foot, like, 
square yeah. kind of thing. It's just out of nowhere. Like one was in the Utah desert, and now they found one in Romania. And it's like, what's going on? Well, it's aliens. Of course okay? it is. Yes. It's aliens. A lot of people think that it's aliens that are putting these things in these random spots. So you and I are going to discuss our favorite conspiracy <laughs> theories. And we'll take your calls, either your favorite or the ones that, yeah, you know, you just kind of believe. If you would admit them. There we'll you go. It. And we'll take your calls on that topic and more next. 700 WLW. News, traffic, and weather. News Radio 700 WLW. Cincinnati. A harsh rebuke. Absolutely, 100%. Yes. Um, so apparently they are up to their mischievous deeds again. Mm. Uh, this was last week in uh, the desert in Utah. Just some you know, folks were hiking around and all of a sudden just in a place where it was inexplainable. There was this metal, like 13-foot tall monolith. Mm. Okay? And, of course, aliens put it there. Of course they did. And then, like, overnight, it just vanished. And then, just the uh, yesterday, the same monolith, a different monolith, was found in uh, Romania. Okay. If it's the same one, we've got a big question. There, have we'll see, that's is, a long way to go. There you go. So again, it's kind of like the, uh, you know, the in the uh, 2001 where the mm-hmm. you know yeah. the, the monolith appears and then they get the knowledge to make stone tools or whatever. I forget how it went, but anyway. <laughs> um, so it's of course sparking the theory that hey, the aliens must have put this thing. There's right. no way it could have been anything else. So I thought you and I would have some uh, fun discussing. Your favorite conspiracy theories, mm-hmm. or maybe the conspiracy theory that, God, you, you know, it's probably not true, but you, you really believe it. 513 749 7000, pounds 718. 1 800 is the big one. Oh, you should. You should be <laughs> scared, Catherine. It's five o'clock on the Eddie and Rocky show, okay? There's going to be some stuff coming down. So give me yours, Catherine. What's the, of all the conspiracy? And I got a list of a bunch. I've uh, thought of a couple. You know, I mean, the Your thing favorite. is, like, there's some on the, you know, on in headlines now with QAnon and, you know, Pizzagate back in the day, you know, this with Hillary Clinton allegedly. You know, abusing children in a in the in a DC pizza shop. All of yeah. these things, and some of them can't. You said, yeah, there was. I don't know. Rocking. There's, 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 you can't there's something do this. That's in, it's, it's, no things that don't add up with that. Go on though. Go on. <laughs> no, we are no, you, no, no. Anyway, the one that gets me, and and this was from personal experience. So I grew up in Memphis, and I worked at Graceland, where Elvis Presley's. You Graceland. worked there? Yes, I was a tour guide there for several years. Nice, it's awesome, great job, crazy job, crazy people, and that's where I'm headed with this. So, um, you you know, you had people from all over the world come to visit. You know, it's the second most visited house in the entire United States behind the White House, and there were some people with some very interesting conspiracy theories including that elvis of course was alive and we heard this a million oh, yeah. times because his name if you rearrange the word the letters it spells lives so that means elvis is alive despite the fact that he is buried in the backyard like like there's yeah, that's his, beside the point you're focusing on the details it's a valid point um so so people would always they try to catch us so they'd say well where's the suit that elvis was buried in and we'd say well he's buried in it <laughs> They're like, nope, it's right there. And they point to some random, you know, and you're like, okay, sir. Well, <laughs> thank you for that coming. That could be. Right. Thank you for your $50 for the tour here. But uh, over there, uh, he's uh, in Meditation Garden along with his uh, rest of his family. But yeah, so that was one. And you couldn't really argue with, 
You, you really can't argue with conspiracy theories at all. That's because you the can't, thing. You can't explain it. You can't explain right. it. So Right. And, Despite and Pizzagate. Other than that, you can't argue with anything. There's that one. Um, <laughs> same thing with Elvis, though. Uh, yeah. I, I, in, I guess, yeah, it was middle school. Got Me and my buddy got immensely into the doors, right? So okay, then yeah. we, of course... Went there, and Jim Morrison's still alive. He's, you know, in Paris still and all that sort oh, yeah. of deal. Mm-hmm. We believe yeah. that for a while. Um, Tupac is still alive. Yeah. You've heard that one. Mm-hmm. People oh, have seen course. him in, uh, like, Cuba, I believe, or Belize. He's living yeah. there, or yeah. maybe even hiding in plain sight amongst all of us. So that's one. Um, the Flat Earth. Don't forget the Flat Earth. See, that's the one that's like, come on. Like Shaq and, and Kyrie guess, Irving. Kyrie Irving, exactly. Believes there. Come on. Well, he apologized. He said, okay, now I know. I mean, oh, now he knows. Now he saw a picture. I guess I don't know. I don't know. But he came out saying, "Now I understand that I was wrong." That's from for like thousands of years with like crude yes. instruments. They proved yes. that the Earth was yeah. right. Exactly. And who was it? Ferdinand Magellan was the one that went around the Earth right the I first don't time. Know these things. I didn't know this was a history exam. No, Rocky. I'm just uh, see. There's little odd facts just pop in my head from my grade school. Kathy Ireland movies and Magellan. It was necessary roughness, by the way. Thank you. uh, I forget who emailed me or on Twitter. Um, Here's one I didn't, I'd heard about, but I I read a little bit more on it. Some people say that in 1985, there were the Cold Wars going on, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it was Coke, Pepsi, this and that. And that's when Coke came out with New New Coke, Coke, which was a disaster. And it was awful. It was like, what, like super sweet, right? It was gross. It was gross. Yeah. But so it's kind of just, goes down as like the example of you're thinking too hard here, right, right? Right, But some people think that it was actually intended. They came out with this and made New Coke kind of crash and burn so, so that the height of the Cold Wars, all the attention is on Coke. Coca-Cola, yeah, yeah, yeah. Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola. This is like my theory on the McRib. Does anybody really like the McRib or do we just make it a big deal when it comes out every you know year, which is tomorrow, by the way, the McRib is out. You know what I mean? At McDonald's, that, like, no, the that's McRib is back. Oh, really? Great. I've yeah. never had one of my I, I've had one, and I don't really know what the... Exactly. Yeah. And you probably had it because you're like, well, i got to see this. Gotta try Everybody's it. talking about it. Got to try it. So. All right. It's 513-749-7000, pounds 718 T 1-800, the big one, your favorite, or I guess the conspiracy theory you may actually believe in. Let's go to the phones. Let's go to a Pete and Vandalia. Pete, fire away. Hi, uh, I've had a McRib, and um, they're pretty good. Um, uh, I uh, I didn't get this big fooling around. Um, uh, anyway, uh, yeah, farmers asked me to move down because I'm blocking out the sun. Anyway, anyway, um, uh, a long time ago, I, I went to Eli, Nevada with a buddy of mine, and on the way uh, from Vegas up to Eli, kind of in the north, I guess, uh, east corner, um, he had a college friend up there anyway we stopped near area 51 mm. and and we looked at a valley and we were i bet we weren't there 20 minutes and sure enough here comes a jeep and they asked oh, us really? to move yeah they asked us to move along i forget that route i don't remember what route that was that was in 1985 okay and we weren't there 20 minutes, man, and they were on time. Move along, fellas. Well, what did they say when you – did you ask, like, so why do we got to move? What would what, they say to that uh, question? I, I, I was too chicken to ask that. <laughs> I, uh, the guns um, made I, you, yes. Uh, Rocky, it's too many McRibs and not enough courage. <laughs> Pete, thank you for the call, uh, buddy. Understood. Appreciate it. 
What was was that last year? I mean, this year's been so yes. crazy. Storm Area Fifty One. Yes, it was last year, or the year before. But yeah, I agree with you. It was a big deal. Yeah, some guy like put it like, on as yes. a joke, but like then the literally actually tens it. of thousands of yeah. people showed up. Yeah. But then I think the government folks were like, "If you break through this, we will shoot you." That's and, kind of a deterrent. Yeah, Although it does that. confirm the conspiracy theory. I got it. That's say. what I'm saying. There you go. Let's go to Scott and Troy. Scott, fire away. Yes, I was about the monolith. I saw a video when it was still in the desert, and they were inspecting it, and they showed a close-up of it. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And it had Phillips head screws. So, I so have the aliens haven't an... gotten any more advanced than Phillips head screws? Is that what we're you seeing? See what I'm... <laughs> yeah. It's not from aliens. Well, someone's gonna, messing around. I don't know, Scott. Thank you. There's, you know. You wonder how it got there, though. Like, how is there? Like, everybody's got. Now, a if it'd phone. be like a like a flathead screw, that that's that's a little much. I mean, <laughs> Let, come on, come on. Yeah, we've got to get a little bit further past bit more flathead screws. Advanced. Yeah. Um. By the way, what, what do you think causes? What's your opinion on what causes conspiracy theories? You know, I think that especially now on social media, because you've seen it a lot here recently, like even like, again, starting with QAnon, it started like kind of um, is you'll, you know, I don't know if you heard the whole thing like Wayfair, they were saying was like dealing in 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 child trafficking and all this kind of stuff. And it's because like somebody shares something and you trust that person and then you're like, oh, well, if they they agree with me on these other things, so they must be right about this. And then it becomes a mm-hmm. game of telephone. And you're like, well, I saw it on the interwebs, so it must be true. And I wonder if that's what it is. I, I agree with you. I think it's that there's, as I often say, there's so much information out there that no one knows What's, what to yeah, believe. you got to get down to the source, and right. it's hard sometimes. And, and I think, look, and there's also, in, in my opinion, a lot of just supposedly reputable national news sites that, that aren't, you know? So then, so it, again, with, with that, and then no one knows what to trust, no one knows what to believe, so then you just believe what you think right. is and, the well, most and I, I viable think with option. With the election and with COVID both, we can absolutely say for certain that people can look at a set of facts and have two completely different ideas about what they mean. And mm-hmm. so, like, I could look at it and think, oh, it means this. And then the next person could look at it and go, oh, no, it means that. And we both believe that to be true in our heads, even though we're looking at the very same source material. Can't change your minds. That's right. Let's go to Chris in Cincinnati. Chris, fire away. I got two. One, uh, the important one is the conspiracy that this Trump was uh, that Trump was uh, not elected. Um, two, there was not an Area Fifty One that they didn't land on the moon. Yeah, that's that's a, that's the big one. I feel like that's like the granddaddy of all the conspiracy. That is the theories, one. Yes, right? agreed. And and Chris, right. we were talking. Like, wouldn't you think at this point, like that, if 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 they really, let's just say for the sake of argument, that they landed. It was all at Area 51. Wouldn't somebody right. have spilled the beans by now? Wouldn't you? Somebody. Say? Well, not just Area 51, that they really landed on the moon, like uh, Neil Armstrong and the rest of the guys. Yeah. They just, I, don't, I don't think they landed on the moon. Oh, you don't? You don't? No, no I oh, do not. Oh, so you actually believe it. You believe, okay, g- give, us your, give us your evidence. What do you say? It, it, it's crazy. 
because watching some of the stuff on YouTube, they say it was filmed at Area 51. So, and, you know, with everything else with Area 51 and watching some of the films of the guy uh, who was trying to debunk it, or debunk it, um, like the astronauts would get upset. Mm. And they wouldn't say, yeah, I landed on Area 51. They just get upset. But, but Chris, I mean, don't you agree that I have to take a very large amount of coordination amongst a lot of people over lots and lots of years to fake that? No, not with the technology they had then, the way that it looks, and how they pointed it out. I'm going with the conspiracy theories, really. If you watch some of the stuff on YouTube, actually, it was um, YouTube and um, it, it was a series of something on I've seen on TV. Unsolved Mysteries. No, that no, was Alf. No. Oh. <laughs> Chris, we got to run, buddy, but thank you for the call. Now, now you brought this up. Not to steal your thunder, we brought this up during the break. You said, like, wouldn't some of the astronauts, yeah, that on their deathbed yeah. or like, like upon in my role, death, like, yeah, hey, by the way, it. this is all fake. Like, I just feel like at a certain point, <laughs> like we do not live in a society of secret keeping. You know what I mean? Like, we are not good at this. So, at it's some, like, if it was me, I'd be like, yeah, I'm not telling a soul until I die. Until I die and then, then you better boom. believe it's in the will. Right yeah. there, you go. All right, we'll continue this topic and take your calls next. But, uh, Rob, how the roads look? From the UC Health Traffic Center, home to the nationally recognized pancreatic cancer. When I saw this one come through, we've we got to go to this right now. Because Catherine's like, oh, yeah, I've heard that yeah. one. So, Tim and Mason, you're saying, I, I have not heard of this, but there's a conspiracy theory that ch- church's chicken makes black men impotent. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I um, was dating a registered nurse that worked at the hospitals, and she came home one time, and she goes, you won't believe what the black ladies that work with me were talking about. I said, what? She said, well, they believe that there's a conspiracy out there to limit the black race, the black population, that there is some type of ingredient that someone has put in the church's fried chicken. At the time, there were some church's fried chickens around here. I actually thought it was pretty good chicken. And um, it's supposedly some ingredient that was put in the church's fried chicken to make black men impotent. And she said, you can't even argue with these ladies about it. They, they absolutely believe it, that it's a plot <laughs> to, you know, reduce the black population. And, I've, you know, I've looked into it over the years because it pops up every so often. And there are people that really believe that. Now, now, the women, did they believe that through experience, or is it just they just believed it? Anecdotally. They just believed it, and then, you know, we were out socializing with some of those folks once, and me being kind of the smartass that I was, I brought it up, and they absolutely were like, you think that's not true? And I said, I have a hard time <laughs> believing it. It's one of those like, things that would be very difficult to prove. Tim, this is a great call. Thank you very much. By the way... And, any black men listening to the show right now, call and, and confirm or deny this yes. about church's chicken. I'd, not, I'd never heard that Yeah, one. I'd heard that one. Growing up in the South, there's lots of church's chicken, so you hear a lot of stuff. So Okay, let's go, uh, let's take one, uh, let's go to Chuck on the South. Chuck, fire away. Hey, guys, how are you doing today? Good. Good. Okay, here's my theory. Last year, the movie Contagion that nobody's ever heard of, it was never in the theaters, won a Grammy or Emmy, whatever that award show is. Mm-hmm. Right after that, President Trump puts a tariff on China. 
And immediately following that tariff, COVID, boom. Which has absolutely not been proven that it's spreading throughout the world. Well, people wonder what, how much it's spreading in China because we don't know what the you know what information to, to trust mm-hmm. with that. But uh, so you think COVID was just a post-Oscar conspiracy theory to boost the ratings of Contagion? Yeah. Okay. And I have a feeling, have a feeling that this is a sequel where the world shuts down. So it's all a movie. Does this and mean we're going to wake up like in Dallas, which is now I'm I'm dating myself, and this will all be a dream? Is that how that, that show? Well, ended? wasn't Jr. was shot, and then at the end of the season, they woke up and it was all a dream, which was the, like the worst. Thing. I remember my I thought no, so I thought angry. that was Mad Men. Wasn't that the same thing? Was it was a dream? I don't. I, I don't didn't watch Mad that Man. show either. Mad Men's a good one. You should watch that one. What's the other? What's the show I'm thinking of? You'd love it. The men were in charge. Rocky. Everybody's all what are you fancy. Talking about? I, Everybody's I all love fancy. women. Yeah, I, I love my mother. I love women. <laughs> oh, and every one of them. Um, no, Mad Men's a good one. Truman Show is one I was Truman saying. Show. That's yeah, a yeah, great yeah. Movie. That is a good one. All that right. is a good one. So we'll do this. We'll take. Uh, we'll, we'll come back. We got a quick ABC. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, some. Let's say some politicians uh, not uh, saying or not doing as they are saying. We'll take uh, that quickly, and then we'll get back to your call. Seven hundred WLW. News, traffic, and weather. News Radio 700 WLW, Cincinnati. COVID-19 numbers continue to stay high in the... Right? That's always the worst. No. And it's funny. You were like, we're going to talk about politicians who aren't doing what they said they would. I'm like, what? (laughs) What? This can't be. How did this not lead the news? (laughs) Let's check in with our buddy Alex Stone from ABC. (laughs) Alex, what's the latest in this uh, circumstance that seems to come up every once in a while? Well, yeah, it seems to be right now with COVID uh, over and over again. So if you remember back, uh, this all kind of started a few weeks ago. California Governor Gavin Newsom, Mm -hmm. he uh, went to that birthday dinner at the uh, very expensive uh, restaurant, French Laundry. Mm -hmm. uh, Yes, that's hard to get into. Yeah, and, uh, you know, then it's like a thousand bucks a plate, but uh, went into uh, this birthday party doing exactly what he's been telling people not to do. So he was the first to apologize. I made a bad mistake. Instead of sitting down, uh, I should have stood up and walked back, got in my car, and drove back. Yeah, but that's not what he did. <laughs> and now Denver's mayor, Michael Hancock, uh, he had been telling Coloradans not to travel, saying too dangerous around Thanksgiving, don't get on an airplane, don't get in your car. Wear a mask, social distance, and wash your hands. About two hours after he made that <laughs> last week, uh, he got on board a plane and flew from Denver with his wife to Mississippi to have Thanksgiving with his uh, daughter and he, too, is now apologizing for ignoring his own guidance, telling KCNC in Denver. It's a mistake that I deeply uh, regret. Today, San Jose, California's mayor is apologizing for telling people not to gather for Thanksgiving, but he and four other households got together with his parents for Thanksgiving dinner, and he's saying, whoops, I uh, didn't do what I was telling you to do. And then uh, L.A. County Supervisor Sheila Kuehl, who last week said eating outdoors at restaurants was extremely dangerous and that outdoor dining had to be shut down during a meeting saying that and and she voted for outdoor dining to be shut down so it is a most dangerous situation i guess what she was doing about two hours (laughs) after that meeting uh, and her comment there she was eating outside at her favorite restaurant near her home and her office today not apologizing saying that she eats there all the time and that last week it was not illegal it is now to eat outdoors 
yeah, at restaurants in L.A. County, indoors and outdoors, but they're saying that she wasn't doing anything wrong. But you got a lot of politicians right now not going with what they're telling people to do, and uh, they're getting caught doing it. So the, the the question then becomes like why what did they were they are they apologizing because they were caught or yes. are they apologizing because they didn't follow their own advice Yeah I it's hard to say and you know I think in in many cases it's that they got caught and now they're in the spotlight and that you know originally Denver's mayor kind of said well look we're not having a big gathering and everyone's saying well that's not what we're talking about here you told us not to travel and you got on a plane and flew a couple of hours to Mississippi. And so now he's saying, well, I'm sorry about that. By the way, we heard from uh, Anthony Fauci today, and he's saying, look, if you're a politician, you got to uh, practice what you preach here. And, right. Yeah, I mean, he says otherwise, why are people going to trust you? Here's what he said today. It's not only not helpful, it can actually be detrimental to the purpose that you're trying to get a message for. And in this case, keep yourself safe and keep the people around you safe. You know, and Gavin Newsom is finding it out now because he's talking about in the next couple of days for most of the 40 million people who live in California that there may be a very strict stay-at-home order being put into place, uh, one that will pretty much mandate the people remain home. And, you know, people are already kind of saying, you know what, we got a finger to show you because uh, you weren't doing, <laughs> your, uh, you know, your own thing when you were telling us that, that we shouldn't get together with groups or have parties, and he went to a birthday party. And so it does muddy that message where now, you know, folks are saying in Denver and in San Jose and in California in general, well, here are the people telling us absolutely do not do it, and then they go and do it. I mean, usually if you're trying to set the example, you go overboard with it. Right. If you tell your kids, hey, no uh, ice cream after 8 p.m., you don't sit down and have ice cream at 7.55. You or just... do you wait till they go to sleep and then sneak it? That's well, what that's, I would do. That's, what that's I a total do, different but, story. Yeah. But there's no cameras in my house that <laughs> exactly. I know. Alex, there's a great story, man. Thanks so much for sharing. You got it. Thanks, guys. All right. Bye-bye. You yeah. know, is this the fatal flaw, though, of just about every politician who gets into trouble? They think they're not going to get caught. And, th- and this is minor in comparison to some big scandals, you know. But is it a certain amount of power that you're like, well, you know, I'm telling people not to travel, but that doesn't apply to me. And you're getting I, yeah. on a plane and flying to Mississippi? Well, whether it's telling people not to get on a plane and doing it or, you know, accepting uh, bribes, yeah. right, yeah. for votes like was happening here with PG and, and others. Yeah, I, I guess it's just you don't, You think that you won't get caught. But in, in today's world, there's so many cameras. Cameras are everywhere. Mm-hmm. Social media is everywhere. Everyone's watching, especially if you're on a, a public figure kind I of thing. I wonder if it's that echo chamber, though. You know, like, are you just told so often, like, oh, you're, you're fine, you're yeah, great. You'll be you're, fine. You're, yeah, you're, yeah. Everyone you're, does it. Yeah. You're, you're the best. You're the most powerful. You're the richest. You're the best looking. What else? I don't know. I mean, does it get to you at a certain point? Uh, and do you just like, well, I'm just going to go do this stuff because who's going to tell me what to do? I, I just can't imagine putting a tweet out there and saying, yeah. look, you know, again, this is the Denver mayor's quote. You pass the potatoes, not the COVID. Host virtual gatherings instead of in person. Avoid travel if you can. I, I, I can't imagine the mindset of putting that out there and saying, all right, well, that's done. Let me, let me right, grab let me my bags. <laughs> I, it's, it's crazy. Or yeah. does it say just something about the kind of people? And that's the that thing, I don't politics. know what parties any of these people are, but I'll tell you, if I were their constituents, you'd have to look at this the next time they're up for election and go, okay, this person, it, that's an uh, that's an ethics situation to me, like the, the judgment fault. issue. Right, yeah. 100%. So let's get back to the topic at hand. We were talking, Catherine, about uh, conspiracy theories, yes. okay? And during the course of 
the great conversations with the, the you, the caller. I learned you had heard of it, but apparently there's a conspiracy theory that Church's chicken mm-hmm. um, contains some sort of chemical that makes black men impotent. Well, it makes men impotent, but the idea was that that it was created to stop the black Control population. Populate. Okay. Yes. So we're we have some calls. Suddenly, on this very topic. no man wants to eat at Church's right. chicken. Uh, let's talk to uh, Rodney and Anderson. Rodney, what do you got? Hey, uh, I am a 64-year-old black man mm-hmm. that used to work at Church's Chicken Ooh, wow. in high school. And so every day that I work there, of course I eat chicken. <laughs> and I'm here to debunk that theory. As a matter of fact, I think it might be an aphrodisiac Ooh, because I, I was very vigorous uh, and potent in high school. And I now have three children and 12 grandchildren so i'm here to well, debunk that theory. Theory, debunked. theory debunked rodney that's yes. the best call all day. rodney you're the caller of the day thank you i right. appreciate awesome. it that's awesome <laughs> i'm here to tell you yeah, that, that is debunked <laughs> let's go to jimmy on so jimmy you have uh same topic church's chicken what do you have yeah i want to agree with rodney <laughs> uh, somebody <laughs> I think those ladies at work, the other nurses, was absolutely jerking that woman's chain, telling her that. They, <laughs> they ran that to her, and then they all laughed and giggled as she walked away and spread it. Uh, and it was yeah. even better when, when her husband brought it up at the party. I'm sure that even made it better. So it was a plant is what you're saying. It was uh, uh, they, were, they, they were conspiring against him to get that, that rumor out there. I like it. Yeah, they were just messing with that woman. There you uh, go. <laughs> Jimmy, I'm sixty years. I'm yeah. sixty years old, and I ain't never had no trouble, and I ate plenty chicken. So it's all good. <laughs> there you go, Jimmy. Suddenly, Thanks, brother. Now I want Appreciate Church's it. chicken. Where's the nearest Church's chicken? <laughs> I was saying, where's it at? I know. I can. I'm looking oh. this up. We got to do this. We'll continue to take your calls. Five one three seven four nine seven thousand pounds seven hundred AT and T one eight hundred the big one. Again, the topic is your favorite <laughs> conspiracy theories that you may just like to laugh at, or the ones that you actually. Believe. And there's lots of folks who believe some conspiracy there's, there's, there's theories. There's plenty of them. Let's mm-hmm. go to let's go to Michelle in Fairfield. Michelle, fire away. I was just calling, but one that really oh, strikes me so interesting, especially we live in the year 2020, and we have a huge group of people that believe the Earth is flat. Mm-hmm. And while I was waiting for you guys, um, I was reading on here that. Um, I was just reading a bit upon on this. They believe the Earth is a disk, and they believe that there is a group from NASA that um, they guard the, an ice wall to prevent people from climbing over and falling off the disk. Has anyone gotten to the ice wall? I wonder. Yeah. I'd like to see this. I don't know. <laughs> I, I guess I need to read some more, but I didn't see that. Um, but they're, they're, they have conventions. I mean, there are still a lot of people that believe, um, that the earth is flat. And now, and I will say this, uh, celebrities and sports mm-hmm. folks continue that one. Shaq, Kyrie Irving, yeah. I guess who said now comes that he doesn't believe it, right. but celebrities kind of push that. So people hear about it a little more readily and, and believe it. But yeah, yeah. There's YouTube channels. There's all kinds of stuff devoted to this and it's hard to uh-huh. like understand but I, because you're like, well, don't you see? Like, even when you're in a plane, you can kind of see that horizon a little bit. Even when you're not up that high. Nope, still flat. Still I, flat. I, yeah. I don't. It's it's remarkable. 
Yeah. It is. Yeah. Michelle, thank you for the call. I'm looking through some of these other ones that are. Yeah, let's, I, by the way, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not discounting actual science that says the earth is round. I'm just saying anecdotally, if you are in a plane, you can physically see that the horizon curves. I don't see how flat earthers can look at it and go, oh, yeah. Flat. But what about the ice wall, Catherine? You haven't addressed the ice that's wall. That's a great that's point. I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to have to find that ice wall. You talk about a wall. We're going to find that ice wall. Our, our producer, Dave Keaton, is is hard on the uh, on the research here. Apparently, yes, the, nearest the church's, church's chicken, chicken is in Dayton. I just looked that up, too. Thank you so much. Yes. Okay, we're so we're going to, let's see, how far is that? 45 minutes? Okay. Okay. Maybe yeah, did Maybe I, we'll bring that in for the, the show tomorrow. I'm looking for something. Uh, this is one I've heard a lot, that 5G, right? There's yes. 3G, 4G, mm-hmm. now 5G. Um, is basically that's causing coronavirus. Yes. They insisted that the next generation of wireless technology, which is currently being rolled out, of course, across the country, causes cancer or even more kind of out there is part of the government data collection monitoring plot or that its waves have caused the coronavirus. And somehow Bill Gates is involved in this too. And this, and well, this he's theory. the one he's putting the microchips. Oh, okay. The, the microchips and people, I'm sorry. I'm getting my conspiracy theories confused. Now I will say there's no, I was, there's no need to put microchips in us because we, we're carrying them. We're carrying them. Exactly. I know it, it's so funny that people are like, well, I'm not going to sign up for, you know, whatever. I'm like, your phone knows everything you do. If you carry a phone, if you are in a car with any sort of Bluetooth, whatever, we all know what you're doing. Now, do you, I don't remember this one. This came out in 1998, the theory of the uh, reptilian rulers. Have you heard about this? I don't think I have heard this So one. this is um, somebody was a writer for the BBC, reporter, writer, uh, David Ick, Icky, uh, published That's a book called right The there. Biggest Secret, um, which was basically saying um, there's a, a movement and a belief that shape-shifting reptilian extraterrestrials have taken over Earth. At the highest levels of society, okay? Okay. So all your government officials, prime ministers, prime, yeah, exactly that, um, athletes, uh, actors, all the kind of the top people in society, they're all alien reptiles. Okay. And they're also responsible for 9-11, the Holocaust, of course. Yeah. And yeah, and their goal is to enslave the human race. Well, they haven't done that yet. They need to get on it. I was going to say. I mean, to make this theory real. I mean, 1998, it's a few years ago. Let's get on it here. Let's go to Dave in Dayton. Dave, what do you have? Fire away. Hey, guys. What about the uh, conspiracy theory? Now, I I don't say I believe in it or I don't believe in it, but they said that there was a big shipment of gold that was moved out from under either it was Tower 1 or Tower 2 right before 9-11. I hadn't heard that one. I, I vaguely heard that one. I heard that, hadn't heard that one in a while, nor do I know many details of it, but what, right. what do you know? Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. That was just something that I had heard. I didn't know if there was any, you know, any truth to that or not. But And, oh, and I'm from Dayton as far as the church's fried chicken. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe it's the women that were saying it have been dipping into a little bit too much of that church's fried chicken, and that's why their men are, well, let's say, impotent. There you go. Well, let's say. <laughs> Dave, <laughs> thank you for your call. That yeah. is a conspiracy theory of a very different uh, the reverse. variety. Yeah. There you go. All right, so um, we're out of here, but uh, Lance McAllister, the great Lance McAllister, is up next with Sports Talk, but uh, first we'll check some uh, traffic and weather. But, Catherine, great being on the show thank with you. Thank you. Glad to be here. I want to thank here. my producer, Dave Keaton, and uh, we'll do it again tomorrow, folks. Yes, How about that? Rob, what do you have? 
From the UC Health Traffic Center, hope home to the nationally recognized pancreatic cancer center, our care plans are back. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.